Should I s- introduce myself first? Like, hi, my name is Chris. This is Landon. We're doing. Bro, this is your podcast. Okay. Now. All right. All I right. I can't be telling you Sorry, everything. But you've done this more than me. I okay, can just okay. give you a few cheat codes. But <laughs> okay. Ready? Yeah. Give definitely it, introduce yourself. Give it three, two, one. Hi, my name is Chris. This is Landon. We are collabing with Out of the Boat and Your Christian Companion. We've been in Revival for about four or five weeks now, and um, it's really hard and sometimes almost like tiring when there's service Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And a lot of people, it's hard for them to go to those services like every day with work and with kids and with family and stuff. How would you balance like your spiritual life and your outside of spiritual life. I don't want to say secular life <laughs> because, but it's hard to balance the two. You can't constantly be like, you know, fasting every day, especially if you're doing like manual labor or something like that. How would you answer that? Yeah. So I think the question is really, how do we balance out like our spirituality and our everyday life? Yeah. Um, which I think our everyday life is spiritual, but sometimes we tend to limit the spiritual to church settings mm-hmm. and uh, a whole lot of our spirituality is uh, Sunday centric. Yeah. And um, there is a shift that is happening in the apostolic church where we are seeing daily miracles, daily signs, daily wonders. Uh, we're involved in daily prayer and daily fellowship, daily communion with God. And uh, that's pretty amazing to me because, you know, before we would, we would you know, go throughout the week and, you know, we would meet up uh, and we would talk over lunch about what God was uh, doing on Sunday and the people that had been baptized on Sunday and filled with the spirit. And now we're coming together on Sunday and we're talking about who we taught a Bible Bible Mm -hmm. study to on Thursday and who was baptized on (laughs) Monday. And, you know, like we are, we are shifting from Sunday centric um, spirituality to every day being led by the spirit and walking in the spirit not being a sunday only saint you know but uh an everyday christian paul says i i die daily and if we want daily power we've got to have daily yeah. death and uh, and so that's that's really awesome to me that's special to me uh, a second angle that i would look at uh, because revival is amazing coming early for prayer and uh having these services that um we've all been a part of the last few weeks and that I've been a part of these last few days. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but then there's, uh, everyday life, right? There's school and there's job and there's, uh, babies and, and, and there's <laughs> obligations and, and there's the AC going out and oh, there's no. flat tires and you losing your job and just <laughs> a bunch of everyday life, you yeah. know? And, uh, so, uh, I've come to learn that people that pray every day are not everyday people. And, uh, or let me say that again. I've come to learn uh, that everyday people who pray every day are not everyday people. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about men and women of God that have a daily walk with him and they're known before the throne Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes it's easier to be an extreme than it is to be consistent. That's true. And another way to put that is sometimes it's easier to binge (laughs) spirituality (laughs) uh, rather than to uh, daily apply ourselves with disciplines and rhythms uh, in fasting and prayer and and the word of God and our time with him. So revival is to jolt us, right? To to revive us, to awaken us, to resurrect us. Uh, But revival 
uh, has to segue into our everyday paradigms and our everyday decisions and our everyday disciplines. It, it can't just be a moment. It can't just be a weekend, a season. It can't just be a summer. It has to be a lifestyle. Yeah. And so um, I go back to uh, the story of Naaman. You know, the prophet says, I want you to go dip seven times in the muddy Jordan. And Naaman is about to leave and miss his miracle. And there was somebody there to provoke him. And that person said, my father, if the prophet had asked you to do a great thing, you would have done it. You would have flexed 10,000 camels. <laughs> if he would have asked you for stock in Tesla or Chick-fil-A, you would have done it. And I always thought that Naaman almost missed his miracle because it was too much. But in reality, it was too little. It wasn't that, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't that nobody could go dip seven times in the muddy Jordan. It was that anybody could do that. Mm -hmm. And so how many times do we as Pentecostals, as apostolics, as Christians, uh, we, we want the angels, you know, to come visit us in our dreams. And we want 10 prophets to come say the same thing. And we want a supernatural text from heaven. And we'll be obedient to the seismic and to the big and the grand. But how many times do we miss what God is doing because we're not submitted to the small and to the simple? The Bible talks about that still small voice. I believe God's speaking to all of us. So it's not that God's voice is so distant that we can't hear it. I think it's so still and so small that we miss it. Yeah. And I, I have learned um, what God told his people in the Old Testament. He said, I'm going to drive out the enemy little by little. And so, you know, I I, uh, I go back to our our everyday life and our balancing our spirituality and we need times of intense every night revival. We need times where we're fasting for seven days. There's times we need an all night prayer meeting. Um, but when we go back to our everyday life, we've got to be a faith. We've got to be faithful in the little things. We've got to be a steward of the small things. And so what that might mean is that. You know, you're praying and you're in the word for 30 minutes, for 15 minutes. Maybe, maybe you haven't been praying and, and uh, 15 minutes, 30 minutes feels so small. And, uh, but if you do that every day, little by little, little by little, your spirituality is going to compound. You, you decide that, you know what, I, I'm not going to win 100 people to God this year. I want to win one soul to yeah. God this year. Yeah. You decide that, you know what, every, every day, Every week, I, I want to make sure that my life is impacting somebody that is spiritual, but I'm also going to make sure that I'm a friend of sinners and my life is impacting somebody that, that, doesn't, that doesn't know God. What would it look like if we said, you know what, I want to disciple somebody over lunch once a week. I'm going to make sure that I, I drive out and around the neighborhood one, one Saturday a month and, I, and I, I'm praying over a neighborhood, over a city. Uh, sometimes we limit the supernatural to the spectacular. And I just see the value in small things, small decisions. And, you know, how many times have we come uh, back to our everyday life after an NAYC, after a, a conference, a rally, a revival, and we're praying for three hours. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on a 30-day fast, you know. But let's be honest. In a few days, in a few weeks, in a few months, now we're not praying at all. Yeah. Now we're not discipling anybody at all. Now we're not in the word at all. And so it's easier to binge 
the things of God than to live them out daily and consistently. And so I would just say, because it's a great question that we all had to grapple with and navigate, is uh, be a steward of the small. Be a steward of those little things and allow God to grow you day by day, week by week, month by month. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We should dream big. We should look down the path. We should be inspired by others that are ahead of us. But whatever that inspiration is, whatever that dream is, whatever that path is, we've got to turn it into steps. We've got to make it realistic. We've got to make it doable. And so that doesn't sound really spiritual, you know, uh, but not everything supernatural is instantaneous. Sometimes the miraculous is a process. And just because it takes time, just because it takes a few days, a few weeks, a few months, um, we can't diminish what God is doing in our life. So you mean like kind of like take like some baby steps? Yeah. Because I know for me, like, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to be at the church every day at 5 a.m. Yeah. And I am not going to fail. Day two, I don't even wake up, pass it. And then I feel like horrible. And I'm like, yeah. how do I like become So consistent? let's be honest. How do we step back and reassess? How do we make that realistic without just lowering the bar, right? <laughs> well, I'm just not going to do that. No. What would it look like if you said, I want to I want to get up at 5 a.m. and I pr- and I want to pray and your alarm goes off and you hit snooze and now it's been a week. And it was me today. That, 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 that dream is now a distant memory. So let's reassess. What would it look like if all of a sudden you were trying to get up at 7? What would it look like if you were trying to, to get up at 8? Well, no, that's, 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 that's no, man, that's it's not, not going to work unless I'm getting up at 5 a.m. And so all of a sudden for a, for seven days, you've gotten up at seven. So now back up that alarm. You know what? I want to, I want to challenge myself to, to uh, get up at six, you relapse and it's not working. You go back to seven after a few weeks, a month of getting up at seven. Now you start getting up at six. Now it's three months later and you're getting up at five every day. That's true. At see, all of a sudden we've turned that goal, that path into steps and a process but that doesn't have glitter on it. That's not what we shout about. That's not we te- what we testify about. But so many times we limit God to the spectacular and we relegate the, the, the miraculous to the instantaneous. Sometimes it's daily. Sometimes it's baby steps. But if we're developing and we're growing, that's what hell fears. Why, why, was, why was Herod going on a murdering mission uh, and, and killing all these, these baby boys in the kingdom when he heard that there was going to be a Messiah that was being born? Was there really going to be a baby that waddled up into his throne room and took over? No. But babies don't stay babies. Yeah. So hell is not so much afraid of where we are, but where we're going. Mm-hmm. Satan's not so much afraid of who we are right now as who we are becoming. Because no matter how spiritual you are right now, if you stagnate and you just compare yourself to others and say, well, I'm more spiritual than him, I'm more spiritual than her, then you're going to plateau. But if you're evolving and you're growing, I think that's what causes uh, hell to be afraid. And I think that's what makes saints of God a true threat to hell. When no matter how normal their life is, no matter how human they feel, no matter what they're struggling, they're just committed to growing and, and struggling forward, failing forward. 
you know, it's like, it's, again, it's so easy. We have this goal. I'm going to fast two or three days and uh, we <laughs> can't even get through one day. And so it's like, you know what? It's not me. But what would happen if all of a sudden you begin to fast one meal a day, a week, yeah. all of a sudden you conquer that. And now you're fasting one day a week after that. Now you're fasting two or three days and now you go on your first seven day fast. That's, that's struggling forward. And you know what? The struggle is not a sign of defeat. Um, the, str the struggle is a sign of life. Yep. It's a sign that you're progressing and you're going forward. Any hunter knows that you take out a bow and an arrow and, and you shoot an animal. Uh, if, if, if he's lying there, not moving, stationary, immobile, it's because he's dead. But every hunter also knows that you would never approach an animal that's still moving, that's still flailing, uh, because they're still dangerous. Why? Because they're still alive. So no matter the doubt, the fear, the insecurity that comes against us, the fiery darts of Satan uh, that can come against our mind, if you're still moving, if you're struggling, struggle forward, fail forward, because that struggle is a sign of life. Wow. <laughs> I, you were talking about fasting. Uh, I don't know if it's totally irrelevant, but I remember um, I used to do three day fast a lot, and I was like, "Oh, this is easy. I can probably do a, I can probably do a seven day." So I, <laughs> I tried to go do the seven day, and um, suddenly I magically started remembering to take my my vitamin gummies every day, like <laughs> multiple times a day, and I was getting like uh, coffee like seven times a day, and it was like, man, this my is boy easy. overdosing on cough drops, and <laughs> I was like on everything, tic tacs, and I had to convince myself I was like, I need my vitamins, yeah, so, but I never took them before, but then um, my man stocking up on juicy fruit gum, <laughs> but at the at the uh, I tried it again later. I was like, you know what, this time let me just do pure water. Day one, I thought I was going to have a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought I almost died. Yeah. So I guess that was my baby step. Yeah. Of weaning myself off of stuff. Well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll never forget. I used to, um, you know, I would go on a fast and I just want, you know, I decide tomorrow I'm going to go on a fast. And uh, man, I'll go on a fast and be so miserable and hungry. And then I had to do some study and learned a little bit better through the advice of others that, you know, if you're going to go on a fast in, you know, anything longer than three days. And, you know, that week before you've got to start getting off of sugar and, you know, you, you can't just be, you know, drinking sweet tea and, and Chick-fil-A and waffle fries and definitely can't be doing Cheetos and Coke. And then all of a sudden decide to go on a fast. And Hey, let's be honest. I remember when I just, you know, I, I started cutting out sugar and some of this junk. And then when I started the fast, my body was cleansed of all that stuff. I'm telling you, bro, that fast was so much easier. And the reason I bring that up is because, what was the difference? It was something very practical. You know, how many times have we went on a fast and on our first or second day we're hungry and we're like, okay, this is spiritual warfare, you know, don't, don't <laughs> want me to fast. Well, maybe it's just that you didn't quite detox from sugar. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> so sometimes we, again, we put spirituality and practicality in two different arenas uh, when in reality you can be, um, spiritually practical and, and, and you can, you can harmonize both. And, uh, I, I went on a longer extended fast and, you know, that's the, what you're describing. Uh, there, there were times that I would, you know, go on a fast and 
I would think, man, I'm, I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to go eat a steak, but your boy is starving, so I'm just going <laughs> to eat a cracker. Well, I didn't realize until later on from advice to others and study and blogs and that you know, your body is detoxing and going into ketosis. And, you know, if you've started it right and you've started it before you started it the week before, your your body's making those changes and you're not as hungry. Well, all of a sudden, you know, you eat a cracker and, you know, your body is, is literally being teased. It's being shocked and you know you're you're going crazy you're 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 literally uh you're doing more harm than good right and so obviously again i wouldn't even do anything prior to a fast i just start a fast and then two or three days in four days in i just you know eat something thinking like oh it's not dessert it's not steak i'm not breaking it and you know my body's tripping out and so i had to learn there was a more effective way there was a there was a better way that again was very simplistic very practical but it made fasting so much easier and so much more attainable and so we're still going to have to kill the flesh, right? But there are more effective ways to pray, and there are more effective ways to to read God's word and to to fast. And so sometimes we need to become privy to that. But we also have to know that our flesh is our flesh <laughs> until we uh, die or fly, until we make it to heaven. We're not going to graduate, you know, our flesh. So there's always going to be uh, this this dying out to the flesh and and letting our spirit man live. But again, there are some things that are that are more successful in Sabbath, in rest, in fasting, in prayer, in the Word, and uh, in prayer. And I think we need to we need to become privy to that.